Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is the you need to know from AgVisor Pro, a really cool app where you can ask and get questions and be more connected with a bigger, wider network of people in agriculture. And remember, this is 100% anonymous. If you're the question asker, different feature now. If you're an expert, you can actually follow expert responses. So you can see how different experts are responding to different questions being answered to kind of get a gauge on how they're answering that. So that's going to be kind of a cool feature as people start using the tool more. But again, remember, as the person asking the questions, you're completely anonymous. Speaking of anonymous questions. Do you have a question? (laughs) Yes, sir. I do have a question. One that I thought would be pretty neat to bring up in here, just because one, it seems like it could be one that we could tackle in a 10 to 15 minute session, but two, it's a unique rotation, but not all too different from a rotation other places. So the question is, I'm looking to plant my corn after peas. Will there be an issue with nitrogen in the soil? And how can I overcome this? So Nitrogen after this. Okay, gotcha. They're, they're wondering from the question, are you going to have an issue with nitrogen in that soil after field pea? Is there some type of different management strategy with your nitrogen program, planting corn, following field peas? That's the question. Sure. Do you do you run into that uh, scenario much? Uh, I, I see I, I see some corn after field pea, but it's it's not too often. Again, the places that grow field pea are typically not corn growing regions where you see those. But in southwestern North Dakota, we do have some field peas, and yes, once in a while you see that rotation. And personally, how I treat that rotation would be very similar to how you treat a rotation of corn following soybean, following another legume crop. Yeah, I, I do have some of that uh, rotation. And uh, I'll, my opinion is that peas are probably the best crop to seed corn into. I, I prefer it over soybeans. Um, and I, I think it's better than canola. And uh, I soil test. And uh, generally what happens is that the peas come off. I've done some of this soil testing after the, the harvest, and then those fields will get lightly dissed or worked in. And there is a regrowth that happens and you get this second crop of peas almost. And I'll soil test again later at probably right before freeze up snowfall type of thing, because you will add more nitrogen to that ground as your peas will nodulate and grow later into the fall. It's great soil tilth for planting corn and that legume factor is really great. So it's just something. So, so interesting food for thought there Uh, that actually would fit really well. I I see growing the peas. Peas are usually one of the first crops to be harvested. They're very early crop generally earlier than your spring wheat, spring wheat or barley. And so your, your crops off early. If you pick up any August moisture, September moisture, those peas can re-germinate and kind of be a moisture management strategy, how you're explaining on that. Or if you go farther west where moisture management means something different, your peas come off really early, there's low water use, and you actually have the ability to hopefully store more moisture over the course of that season. And and because of the lower water use rate versus soybeans in a drier environment, I believe that makes a better rotation going to corn since corn has such a longer term use for that water throughout the next season. But 
the the question isn't necessarily about the water use part of it. It's about the nitrogen. And so like Jason was saying, he's fixed nitrogen, very similar to soybeans. Of course, they use a different uh, rhizobia bacteria. It's a different strain, but they're thought to be one of the better fixers of nitrogen, even better more so than than soybeans themselves. But I will say, here's here's another thing to layer in, and this is just me being the agronomist I am, like to look at things on the deeper technical side of things, is it's always thought that corn-following beans or corn-following a legume, in this case field pea, you would receive some kind of a nitrogen credit. I'm going to be here to say that it is more complicated than that. I think it's easy to call it a nitrogen credit because these legume crops fix nitrogen through a symbiotic relationship with rhizobia bacteria and their own needs are very high in nitrogen and and they produce a lot but i don't think they necessarily leave a lot left over interestingly enough their residue is much less than say a wheat crop or a barley crop or a corn crop and so if, if you're to start breaking it down looking at like the carbon to nitrogen ratio of say the amount of carbon you have in the residue uh, versus the nitrogen that's in the ground on what's left over at the end of the year. Uh, a legume crop is going to be somewhere between, I'd say, depending on the legume, a 30 to 1 parts carbon to nitrogen down to a 20 to 1 parts carbon to nitrogen. Every legume crop's a little different. I'd say field peas have more residue. They're going to be in the higher end of that spectrum. But if you're comparing that to a different crop like wheat, Wheat's a really good example. That's an 80 to 1 carbon to nitrogen ratio. So what happens if you planted corn after wheat versus after peas? Well, you got a lot of wheat residue then out there. Yeah, right? You'll have a lot of residue the next year out there because it's going to hang around. It's the toughest. Wheat's the toughest like residue there is out there. That's, That's another reason I like corn after peas. Right. And so you have all that residue. So that's a moisture holding thing and that's a colder soil thing. But also, all that residue has to break down through soil microbes. And microbes want to be in like this perfect carbon to nitrogen ratio uh, environment. They want it to be this 24 to 1, I, I believe is the ratio that's considered the golden uh, ratio of carbon to nitrogen for a microbes diet, so to speak. And so if it's way out of whack and you've got a ton of wheat residue or a ton of corn residue and it's way up in the 80 to 1 range, then what happens is all that nitrogen you're applying to the soil for that corn crop the following season, let's say you're following a wheat crop, is those microbes are going to be borrowing or fixing that nitrogen you're applying as an energy source to actually start breaking down all that carbon from the wheat and corn residues, whatever that rotation is. It's it's going to be borrowing temporarily that nitrogen, and then it'll mineralize much later probably too late for the actual crop to use it and so that's where that credit thing comes from is when you have the ratio of carbon to nitrogen a lot closer to where that microbes ideal diet sits then you don't have a penalty of all those microbes tying up all that nitrogen as an energy source it's already in the environment it needs to thrive following a legume crop so you don't see a penalty from it and instead you hear a lot of this credit thing given to it versus other crops. So I guess a, a long way around that answer is... It kind of was. It, it, <laughs> it, was, it was a long way around the answer, and I don't know if that still makes sense to all of you listening, because I'm. it sometimes takes time for me to organize that in my head. 
I'm just giving you a hard time because it's <laughs> because because on the on a, on a soil test, generally, um, depending on the crop grown, sometimes you get a credit for say 15 pounds, and that might be wheat following peas. You might get a higher credit with corn because it's a it's a different plant. It's more efficient user has a longer season to utilize it too. to do that. Yep. Uh, other people think there should be a credit because it's a legume based on the yield that you take off of that crop. If you would raise, you know, say 80 bushel peas, you should probably, well, what's my, should I get a credit of 80 pounds or, you know, 40 pounds or what, what should that be? I tend to be a little bit more conservative on that um, myself, but all I know is that if you soil test, if you take into consideration that it is a legume and it is corn, I've never run into any issues where nitrogen was a factor, both uh, too much or I'd rather have more than less, you know, but it, it, to me, it's just soil test, kind of get an idea where you're at. If you get a lot of regrowth on that field, you're probably going to get some more. I've had, I've had regrowth on fields give me 15 more units of nitrogen on a, on a soil test. Hmm. So now, now I got to decide, well, I'm going to use that 15 in. I mean, I've had some, I've had regrowth that's been, if we'd have had 10 more days, we'd have probably been able to take a second crop peas on peas. <laughs> yeah. It, was, it wasn't that fun to soil test because it was, there was so much regrowth. You couldn't see the ground because it was all closed in because of the peas. You're actually being a cover cropper without even trying to be a cover cropper. Yeah. In that I situation. That's true. So, I mean, going back to the original question, is there going to be an issue with nitrogen in the soil, planting corn, following peas? The quick answer no. is no. No. Actually, you should see a benefit to it. And in the nitrogen part, there is nothing to overcome. The reality is, is that you should see a credit, corn following peas, definitely a credit towards that versus if you're planting corn following corn or corn following durum or wheat or barley, something with a lot of residue. And that whole carbon to nitrogen ratio, hopefully that makes sense to all of you. Just the tighter that number is, the more ideal environment. Remember, it's 24 to 1. It, carbon to nitrogen is considered this ideal microbe environment where if you get far beyond that and you're like 80 to 1 like wheat residue is, then it's going to take a lot of that nitrogen that you apply to try to break down that residue. And it's going to break it down and get back to that 24 to 1. And once it's there, then everything's fine. And so that's where that these pounds of credit are really coming from in that whole situation. So, so there's that part on the, the nitrogen front, but also you have lower residue. So you should have darker soils. You have more mallow soils. And if you got darker soils that absorbs light more, that absorbs more light, it absorbs more heat. Corn likes to germinate in, in warm soil. I mean, you can plant it in 50 degree soil, but it's slow to germinate. If it can stay 50 and above as spring's warming up and going, the better it is for the corn. So that can that can definitely really help it. But then also keep remembering, too, that field peas are really short season crop compared to corn. And so it's probably half the season versus what corn is. Relative shallow root system, it grows in half the season. So it uses probably way less than half of corn's water's needs. So you have all this extra stored moisture for a corn crop. Again, I'm thinking Western U.S. dry land. I'm not, I'm not thinking where water's in a surplus, but in a dry land situation. So you get this nitrogen credit. You've got dark soils that allow better germination. And you had a low water use rate crop. 
that you're following planting this corn into. So there should be just like a trifecta of things happening. Extra nitrogen, dark soils, extra water should just be a win, win, win. Planting corn after bees. Great seed bed to seed into. I mean, just absolutely phenomenal. The the only challenge I have is that sometimes you get um, big piles of stuff. You got to get that residue kind of evenly distributed across the field. Sometimes it's peas. If they stand up right, you love them. If it gets wet or they want to lay down, you hate them. But it's uh, it's a good place to put corn, in my opinion. I, I don't have everything I use for crop protection over the top uh, is very good at controlling volunteer peas. And again, it's one of those things at harvest. If you're a no-tiller, use a harrow right, right after harvest to get that residue managed so that's easy to manage. Or if you're uh, like a lot of us and you like tillage, then use that as your management strategy. What's your mom always say? Damn it, Kyle, eat your peas and carrots. <laughs> Corn, peas and corn, eat your vegetables. So, and and so there folks, that's the shit you need to know this week. Yeah. Remember to eat your peas and carrots and corn and that following corn after a pea crop is a great thing. It helps with nitrogen management, should germinate out of the soil sooner. And what was the Another third thing man. I was saying? Uh, well, if you got any peas on the ground, you might as well lease it out to goose hunting because the geese will be in there. They love peas. <laughs> Love them, <laughs> and it's and it's good for goose hunting. And also the third thing, not remembering water, it doesn't use as much water, so that's good. There should be more stored water in those soils. Anyways, we will catch you guys next week.